I would rather work for the rental companies than work against them because nobody has more horsepower. When you put the big three, big four rental companies together, they've got the largest fleet of horsepower in the world. So I would rather work with those guys than try to work against them. Welcome to the Gas Compression Podcast. This is the only podcast out there for professionals working in the gas compression industry. Each week, we'll be bringing you interviews and discussions with some of the leaders in the industry to discuss the latest trends and what the future holds. If you're working in the gas compression industry and have always wanted to sit down with the leaders in our field to pick their brain, this show is your chance. This episode is sponsored by Gas Compression Magazine. Published monthly, Gas Compression Magazine provides in-depth coverage of the products, systems, technologies, and news that affect the global gas compression industry. Available in print and digital delivery, subscribe for free at www.gascompressionmagazine.com. Welcome back to the Gas Compression Podcast. I'm joined today by Dakota Klein. He is the Regional Sales and Operations Manager at Rotaversal. So we're kind of picking back up where we left off. We uh, kind of took a break and did some some stuff on the skilled trades. So I'm kind of excited to get back and uh, talk specifically about gas compression. So thanks for being here, Dakota. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. So I'll start every guest off by just saying, tell me how you ended up where you are today in the gas compression industry. Man, that's a loaded story, but I've been in gas compression for seven years. Been with Rotaversal since day one. Started out on the drilling side. Was on the drilling side for probably 12 years, 11, 12 years, something like that. And just had a chance to move over to something a little more stable and ended up in gas compression. So like I said, so- started out in a sales role. That lasted, I told you this the other day, uh, about two weeks, and they moved me into operations. Basically, is what they were needing on the operations side for South Texas. They just needed somebody to uh, deal with people at the time as I learned the business. And I had previous management experience in dealing with people and whatnot. And that was really what they needed in the area at the time. So I bounced back and forth between sales and operations, and here we are today. So running all of the mechanical service for the company. Wow. So tell me about getting to that drilling side when you just start working on a rig or... Yeah, so uh, I knew I wanted to be in sales, and I knew I wanted to be on the drilling side at the time, but I wanted to be the sales guy that brought value when he called on his customers. And I felt like the best way to do that was actually get out there on the rig, learn the process, you know, from spud to TD. And like I said, that was kind of what I did. So I went to work for a guy named Todd Jamison, drilling superintendent for uh, Nomac at the time. Actually, my first hitch was with Martex drilling, and we come back, and Nomac had bought Martex on my days off. So it, it was kind of a kind of a funny story there. But I told Todd whenever I started, I said, "Hey, Todd, I said I'm putting in my 12 month notice today. I know it's my first day, but like I said, I'm gonna be here a year and then gain as much experience as I can. And like I said, when I left on my last hitch, we were in uh, Garrison, Texas, drilling some Travis Peak wells for Chesapeake. It was 19 degrees and sleeting when I come down out of the dirt and. So it was a good day to leave the drilling rig for sure. So, well, let's talk a little bit of difference between the oil and gas industries because you know we're in the machine shop business and we don't really do anything for the oil field, and everyone always assumes that we do. Like, hey, you guys are working in Odessa, so you work in the oil field. I'm like, nah, we really don't. We only work for gas compression companies. Yes. Yeah, so right. yeah. you spent a lot of time in both. So tell me about what's the difference in being in the oil side versus the compression side? So my experience, like I said, I grew up in the oil field. My parents and my brother, they have a very successful oil field construction business. They're they build locations, pipeline right aways. They've been in business, like I said, 21 years, have about 40 employees. We have a yard in uh, 
Carrizo Springs. We cover the Eagleford down there. We have a yard in Big Lake, cover the Permian Basin out of, and they have a yard in Deep East Texas, which they cover all the Hainesville stuff over there. So pretty lucrative little business. But like I said, I kind of grew up on that side of the industry. And I guess the biggest thing for me that I've learned since being in gas compression, that the gas compression side has definitely been a lot more stable for me, I guess. It's always, always been here. You know, we've had a couple downturns in the seven years that I've been here. And obviously in 2020, you know, that was terrific for everybody industry-wide. And like I said, compression's always been there for me where the drilling side, it's, you know, when it's good, it's really good. But when it's bad, it's really bad. The compression's kind of more of a flat line across the middle has been my experience. So one question to have, because I really haven't talked to many people in the oil field industry, but why don't more people say, I'm kind of tired of this, the up and down swings. I think I'm going to try the, try the gas compression, try something different. It seems like everyone that's in that, I guess they're just used to it and they just play the game and it just goes up and down and up and down or. Yeah. I know that, you know, the work that we do, like I said, we're aftermarket mechanical service group. I manage about 30 technicians. Like I said, I cover everything here in the Permian. I've got guys stretched from the Permian, plumb up to Utah. We do some work in North Dakota, South Dakota, but the work that we do, yes, it's steady, but it is work. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing like having a customer call you at two o'clock in the morning and it's just like today, we're getting ready for the temperatures to drop down in the low teens and our phone will be ringing tonight when that snow comes in and units going down. So it's going out at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning and working 12, 14, 16 hours, which the 16 hour mark is kind of our deadline with the DOT regs and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. But it's definitely work, man. If you don't like to really get after it, compression is, it's a full-time job for sure. So I think that the workload is really what maybe scares some people off, I guess, because it's it's nonstop. Well, you mentioned something about 2020 being horrific for everyone. How did you and Rotoversal, how did y'all weather that storm? I mean, gas prices (laughs) tanked. I know in our business, yeah, we saw the gas compression side slow way down in terms of yeah. people doing repairs and or even crash maintenance work. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, that was something that we experienced with a lot of our customer base really went into like that crash maintenance program, which being in the machine shop business, you know, that's not always good. And it's nothing that our customers like doing as well, but sometimes that's just where the market pushes you. But yeah, luckily for Rotoversal, we're a privately held company. We're one of multiple companies that a family in Houston owns, and we were able to get pretty tight pretty quick. Like I said, the bottom just fell out of the industry there about 90 days. What what we've seen with what we do and the customers that we have, it was like a 90-day turnaround. The bottom just fell out of it. But we were able to shrink. We started doing a lot more with less, I guess. And like I said, we have a pretty solid customer base and customers that we work for. They definitely kept us going through that. But our revenues were off tremendously. But like I said, as far as as far as far the whole COVID deal, like I said, me being a face-to-face kind of guy, I love meeting with my customers, entertaining my customers, whether it's lunch, dinner, breakfast, a day on the golf course or something like that. And it kind of took me out of my comfort zone of how I learned to sell. And I learned to sell being a very personable person and everything went to Zoom meetings like we're on now, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was definitely different for me, like I said, but difference, not always bad. So it was a change kind of taught a older dog some new tricks. So like I said, it was, it was good for sure. So just different and trying times for sure. Being a smaller privately held company, that always allows for some entrepreneurial insight. So did you guys do anything or create anything new or 
anything you want to share? Like, yeah, yes, absolutely. Forced us into that thing. I love hearing those stories. So what? what Yeah. So typically when people think rotoversal, they think aftermarket mechanical service group and natural gas compression, which is the backbone of our company for sure. But pre-COVID and during COVID, uh, we got into the PRV testing business. So like I said, we have a PRV testing group. We have... I think like six crews that ride around doing that now. Like I said, that's not something that I'm over directly, but I work hand in hand with with those managers on a daily basis. So we got our PRV testing stuff done. We were able to purchase a facility in West Odessa. We've got 29,000 square feet of floor space. We've got an engine overhaul facility. We're doing package revamps and make readies. So overhauling compressors in the shop, overhauling engines in the shop. And then with that business there, that's actually been kind of slow for us, just with the market just now coming back and getting its feet back underneath it. That's been slow. So my background with my dad was in the pump business because that's part of my dad's business too. They do the uh, annular injections. So basically they pump the reserve pits down the backside of the casing. Mm -hmm. So I grew up working on pumps. We had all this floor space. So I've got with uh, Ken Plochek, our CEO, and I was like, hey, Ken, I said, uh, and we've got these shop guys in this floor space. I said, what about the pump business? He said, well, you make it happen. We'll do it. Luckily today, we've got eight bays full of pump. Man, so, that's yeah, awesome. It's been, it's been pretty good, man. Like I said, as my dad says, you know, throw enough stuff against the wall and we're going to play with what sticks. That's one of the great things. And I'm just a naturally, I'm an optimistic kind of guy, but that I love hearing those stories of when things like a shutdown or these major declines happen, it forces us into these situations to make something up and it sticks with you even after you come back out. So you guys are going to be doing yep. you know pump work. That's really cool to hear. For sure. Like I said, we got the pump work. We got the PRV side. Of course, we got a mechanical service there in the field, which is, like I said, again, that's our backbone. And we also have a production equipment services group, too, that we actually held on to and actually grew that group during 2020, which was kind of surprising to everybody. And it's what those guys do. They do basically everything from like ESDs. They do D-high work, burner management systems, your glycol pumps. We rebuild glycol pumps here in the shop as well, swing them there in the field. So we do a lot of that kind of stuff. Once again, that's not really my specialty per se, but I work hand in hand with those managers as well. Yeah. Tell me about the hiring and labor force situation down in the Permian Basin. Are you guys really got lots of talented people wanting to work? Are you having a hard time? What's that situation? So it was what we found here at Rotoversal that the labor pool in the Permian, what we do is such a specialized trade, the equipment that we work on, that we treat the Permian like offshore with asphalt. We rotate everybody in. We have uh, two-in-one rotations and three-in-one rotations. Fly my guys in, a lot of them drive in. We provide housing here for them as well. But yes, as far as my tech availability today, as far as quality of technicians, I have the most solid group of guys today that I've had in the seven years that I've been here. Wow. And I think a lot of that, you know, one of the contributing factors to that is the culture that we've been able to build here at Rotoversal that... We're a very family-oriented company. We treat people like people because I'm a firm believer and I was raised that a company is nothing more than ink on paper. Your people make your company. And I try to manage that every day. And it's what I tell all these guys that work with me. I say, guys, I'm not your boss. Y'all have y'all's job to do. I have my job. You know, I manage a process. I treat people like people and I manage a process. And I think that that word has gotten out that man Rotoversal is just a good company to work for. And like I said, it's definitely helped us in our recruiting effort for sure. That's awesome. Do you guys have any kind of apprentice 
program where you hire people in. I've been talking a lot about that and just, we kind of did a, a segue into the skilled trades. And that's one thing that seems like we're missing in terms of the tech schools, the vo- vocational schools are mm-hmm. trying, but then there's kind of a disconnect between what, what the real world and the market is needing. And when they get out of school, they're not quite ready, but over here on the machine shop or, or like what you're saying is, Hey, you need some experience. And they're saying, we don't have any experience, but I got the certificate. So you guys have any kind of apprentice program? Or- yeah. So we dabble in that a little bit. We have a couple of our really good customers that they call us. And like I said, they're some of the bigger, bigger rental companies. We do a lot of work for rental companies. We have one in particular that we have a great relationship with one of the majors. And we've taken a couple guys that they've had over the past couple of years that like, Hey, this kid will work great work ethic. He doesn't know enough about gas compression for us to hire him. And we'll bring him in on a six-month deal or a 12-month deal and kind of get him familiar with the basics of gas compression. And then they go on to work for one of our customers, which has been, you know, it's good for us. It's good for them. It keeps an open line of communication between us and our customers. And there's a line of trust there as well. So... That is great to hear. And I'm in a family business too. And so it's, it's nice to be able to kind of keep that culture and do that. For sure. So gas prices, I think this week have spiked. I know we got hit pretty hard on Friday, actually. We started getting calls like all these compressors <laughs> up in the panhandle. There's a lot of road flows. I don't know if y'all have oh, them yeah. out there, but you know, we're in the panhandle, we're sucking gas out of the ground. Oh, yeah. So we have a customer that has a lot of road flows that have been sitting yeah. around. And all of a sudden it was like, Hey, we got to get on these. Are you kind of seeing that trend as natural gas is around 450 or 460? Yeah. So for us, luckily this year, budgets have have been a little looser with our customers. I think they got a little more money to spend this year. And so our maintenance has already kicked off. Uh, We finished the year strong. We're off to a great start. I actually just closed the month about 30 minutes before I got on the phone with you. So I had another stellar month for us. Uh, Super excited about that. But yeah, you know, for the most part, I haven't seen it yet. But I know it's coming. For what we do, it's almost like there's a 60 to 90 day lag because everything's already scheduled out. The budgets are already in place. It just kind of like everybody sees those prices rise and everybody's been burned so many times over the past five or six years with just prices going up and down. And that's more so on the oil side. Than the natural gas side, but we're pretty excited with what we're seeing with the natural gas prices. So hopefully it keeps trending up. I don't care to see the 12 or $15 natural gas like we've seen back in the mid 2000s, I guess. I was a part of that over in the Haynesville. Man, it gets crazy quick when prices get up there like that. So I'm more of an average guy. You know, I'd love to see $5 natural gas and my kids will be doing this for a living as well. So Yeah. So when you guys are thinking about this year for 2022, are you just kind of waiting on your customers to start signaling and send them purchase orders, that kind of stuff? Or are you preemptively saying, hey, this is going to be a, one of the best years we've had? Yeah. So we're actually, you know, it's kind of funny you say that about getting ready. That's one of the jokes I have with several of my customers, man, we stay ready so we don't have to get ready, you know? <laughs> so, and uh, a lot of my customers, you know, they call and jack me, they put me on the spot a lot. Hey, I need uh, five guys in the morning. So it's, uh, like I said, it's pretty crazy for sure. But like I said, for the most part, we stay geared up, tooled up. We've got a fleet of about 50 service trucks. We have a really, really nice fleet of trucks. Uh, We've got several of the F-550s with the big service cranes, which our customers love for swinging small frames or swinging big cylinders or swinging heads on a 3600 or turbos on a 3600. We have several with 31-foot reach, which our customers absolutely love. And that's 
And that's also a selling point for us as well, you know, with a specialized tooling that we have. But yeah, as far as gearing up for anything, man, we stay geared up. So we're literally waiting on our customers to call and tell us to jump. The only question we're going to have is how high and where to. (laughs) How would you describe if you had to break Rotoversal up and what you guys are doing percentage wise in terms of like this part of our business is devoted to swinging engines and you're doing pump work, all that stuff. What are you guys currently doing? I'm going to say that 80% of our revenue is the mechanical service group, which is what I'm over in. Like I said, that's anything from a basic call out or changing a head or head piston liner pack and turbo, or we get into some jobs too, where we've got major crashes where we're going in and potentially swinging a crack frame or replacing a crank in a frame, con rods, cross heads, whole nine yards. So like I said, the mechanical service is definitely the biggest part of what we do. And then from the mechanical service, I'm going to say our number two producer, it's going to be a tight race between our PRB group and our production equipment services group. And then our shop, like I said, we're just getting it rocking and rolling, but our shop's coming on strong. And I think the biggest room for growth right now, obviously the mechanical service, we're always looking to hire quality people. I kind of giggle when people ask me, ever hire mechanics? I mean, I'm always hiring mechanics. I mean, I've never not hired a good mechanic. That's how we are with machining. Yeah, for sure. We'll find a place for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, man, we're turning down work on a daily basis. And something else that we run into with all the COVID lag on the shipments and whatnot is trucks. Oh, yes. We're in the same boat. Vehicles right now, man. I don't know if you've seen the vehicle market right now, but man, it'll make you second guess being in gas compression. That's for sure. It is is absolutely crazy right now. But luckily, like I said, we've got a newer fleet of vehicles that we've got. I'm not going to say we have them ordered yet, but we've got them on the books to be ordered. So uh-huh. hopefully everything will turn around with these chips or whatever that everybody's, all the automakers are supposedly not able to get at the time. We actually just, we use Enterprise Fleet to manage our truck. So, so okay. We just met with our guy yesterday. We had our six month meeting and I asked him about that chip thing specifically. He said, 2025, it's going to be corrected. Wow. And so, yeah, I would say if you need a truck, you need to order it today when we get off the phone because it's... Oh, yeah, for sure. We got the bad news yesterday. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, we're, they're having a tough time. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Like I said, we see it now just with like on our crane trucks. We have a pump real bad on one of our service trucks. I mean, man, I've got two of my crane trucks that have been in the shop for months waiting on pumps, PTOs. You just can't get them. And, uh, but that's something that we're doing our best to overcome. We're, like I said, we're trying to do more with less because we have to. Typically, we don't run that away. We try to do, if we need something, we go and get it, especially if it makes good business sense, you know, we go make it happen. But, but coming out of this COVID deal, it's definitely been challenging for sure trying to make stuff happen when stuff's not available to make it happen with. On the mechanical services side, do you guys offer or guarantee any amount of runtime? So we're not so much, you know, that's more like a rental equipment type question. We are not in the rental business. Oh, you don't, don't have any rentals. I thought We don't that. have any rentals whatsoever. We are strictly mechanical service. That was something that when we started the company, which like I said, I wasn't here for, but I've heard those stories, you know, when they started the company, it was something that was briefly talked about, but I would rather work for the rental companies than work against them. Because nobody has more horsepower. When you put the big three, big four rental companies together, they've got the largest fleet of horsepower in the world. So I would rather work with those guys than try to work against them. And that's a good point. And how far out, you said you're going up into North Dakota. Yes. Utah, how far out are you spread north and south? So I go as far, we do some work in deep south Texas. 
Not a lot. Like I said, that market's kind of played out for what we do. It really doesn't fit our business model to work down there. But my largest concentration of people today is actually in Colorado, Wyoming, up in that area right now. And that's just, like I said, we had a customer that kind of run into some issues, come up short with people, and I'm kind of supplementing their workforce currently. But the Permian is by far the backbone of what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where I'm going to say 75% of my people typically are right here in the Permian, uh, within a couple hundred miles of like Midland, Odessa, I guess. But yeah, like I said, we go as far, I think as far north as I've been, like northwest will be like Vernal, Utah, up in that area. And then we come down, like I said, Wyoming, Colorado, of course, everything in the Delaware Basin. And then, of course, over here back to the Permian. Cool. And then we do some work in Oklahoma as well. Like I said, we have a small satellite facility there in Oklahoma. We keep a few guys up there busy too. Well, cool. Man, sounds like you are number one busy and number two optimistic about 2022. So, Oh, man, we're fired up, bud, for sure. I love hearing that. So if you want to know more about Rotoversal, just Google them. You can reach out to Coda on LinkedIn. Anything, any other places people can find you or learn more about? Yeah, but basically like that, man, I'm very active on my LinkedIn page. I get a lot of people jacking with me because I've always got a one-liner that I drop on there, whether I'm trying to hire people or <laughs> trying to stay relevant with our customer base. Like I said, we have a lot of fun here at Rotoversal. And just like my dad always says, if I can't have fun, I'm not going to do it. So like yeah. I said, LinkedIn is by far the best place to get up with me. Awesome. Yeah. Go check out Dakota and Rotoverse and see what they're doing. And thanks for being on the show. And I hope you guys have a great 2022 and man, look forward to connecting again with them in the future. Yes, sir. You as well. Hey, I appreciate you having me and look forward to see what you have going on with the podcast and watching it grow. And just glad I could be a part of it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the gas compression podcast. You can see the show notes and all the resources mentioned in today's episode at gascompressionpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. This episode is sponsored by Gas Compression Magazine. Published monthly, Gas Compression Magazine provides in-depth coverage of the products, systems, technologies, and news that affect the global gas compression industry. Available in print and digital delivery, subscribe for free at www.gascompressionmagazine.com.